Welcome to Just Floss It with Jasmine Capra. Hey guys, I'm Jasmine. A registered dental hygienist. There's my teeth. Traveler, fashionista. Ooh la la. When she's not helping people with their smile, she's making them smile. <laughs> Enlightening, honest, funny. I'm a cheese head. Duh. This is Just Floss It with Jasmine Capra, and you're listening to her podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with us on the Just Fawcett podcast. If you are just tuning in, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on my podcast. If you are an OG and you've been listening for a while, welcome back. You're going to want to tune into this one because this podcast is very dear to my heart because we actually have a professor of a dental hygiene program, and I'm hoping to get a little bit of a scoop for you guys, maybe just a tiny bit. Let's see how much we can get. (laughs) But I'm going to welcome Amira to the Just Fawcett podcast. Thank you, Jasmine, for having me. I'm actually really happy to be here because as a professor, there's so much that I want my students to know about. And I know that a lot of your followers are in dental hygiene school right now, or they are planning on entering dental hygiene school. So I think what we're going to talk about today will be very beneficial to whoever is listening. So you're all going to want to take some notes. Yeah, you better bring that notepad out because, and you better write fast. Or actually, maybe just your laptop so you can type (laughs) (laughs) even quicker. But yeah, she's absolutely right. A lot of you are DMing me and messaging me that you're receiving your acceptance letters into the dental hygiene program. And although this is an exciting time in your life because you don't know what to expect, we are hoping that through this podcast, we can kind of guide you or even give you some, um, what is the word, relief (laughs) into easing into the program. So I guess we'll begin why did you choose to become a professor? Wow. I wanted to be funny on this podcast, but that (laughs) question, so it was literally my father's dying wish for me. Really? Yes. So you went into dental hygiene. Did you know at that point that you were going to become a professor? Was his dying wish after you had become a dental hygienist? No. So when I entered dental hygiene school, I did not know that my path would take me to becoming an educator. When I was entering my senior year of hygiene school, my father became sick with cancer and he did pass away. And when he was literally on his deathbed, it was like out of a movie, he told me that he wanted me to finish dental hygiene school, become a hygienist, go back to school, get my master's degree, and become a professor. And my father was actually a professor himself. He taught biology, anatomy, all the life science courses. So he really had a passion for teaching and he thought that that would be a good path for me as well and so I wanted to honor his wish and I did exactly that I finished hygiene school I took about two years off of school and then I went back to school and I did get my master's degree in dental hygiene education 
and I began working as a professor in about 2016, I believe. Okay. Well, I can tell you that in the moments of speaking with you and getting to know you, that your dad must be looking down upon you and must be so proud of you because you are an exemplary... I'm getting all emotional here. Me too, a little okay. bit. Oh, I had no idea that about you. So thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. I know that's extremely personal. So thank you. But I'm, s- wow. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I know he's proud of me. And believe me, teaching is definitely a challenge you and I have talked about that personally we won't go into that on this podcast but it's also very rewarding and I truly do love teaching students so that's why I wanted to come onto this podcast because it's basically an extension of me teaching because I really want students to know what their instructors are looking for yes guide us in that direction what are you guys looking for there's so many students that don't even know where to begin or maybe they're about to start the program they've been accepted what goes on from here I actually I know that we wanted to keep this podcast organic but I do want to share a, a few tips from an article that I got from dentistryiq.com and this article was written by Courtney Vanna. It's called How to Be Perceived as Employable from the Pro- Professor's Perspective. And I actually started handing out this article a couple years ago to students and I handed out to them in the very beginning of the program, their first semester, and again in their last semester of the program because this article is spot on. The first thing we're looking for in our students is to play the part. We know that your confidence is low while Mm -hmm. you're in school because, and that makes sense because you're learning brand new skills, but you have to play the part. And you've all heard fake it till you make it. And it is true for multiple reasons. You need to play the part of a professional. You need to look professional. You need to act professional because your patients are looking for that. And so you need to come off as confident in front of your patients and Your instructors are also looking at that from you. We want to see that you are acting like a dental hygienist, even though you haven't gotten your license yet, in front of your patients and in front of us. It's so funny that you say that because when I was in the program, I mean, for the listeners that have been listening to my podcast from the beginning or even been following me on Instagram, They know that I failed about my first, I want to say, two to three competencies. And I think they were on exploring. Um, I know I for sure failed polishing and probing. When I look back on it, the the one thing that I lacked was confidence. Mm -hmm. Once I found that I had to play confident, I started excelling in all of my competencies. And when I did make a mistake, I called it out and I said, I'm going to go back to the distal of number three and I'm going to show you that I'm going to adapt the 
the instrument and remove that calculus. And once I realized that that was so vital in passing all of my competencies or or even like clinic for that matter, yeah, I... I know you gave us this article. I actually remember this article. Um, So it's absolutely right. We know that you guys are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're all going to fail something at some point in hygiene school because you are learning a new skill. But at the same time, we... it gets under our skin when students lack confidence. So again, if you don't quite have that confidence yet, just fake it. And don't act arrogant. That's I really want to mm-hmm. stress that I, I'm not saying act arrogant. Mm-hmm. But do act like a professional. And professionals carry themselves with confidence. Mm -hmm. And one thing that can help you with that is literally dressing the part. Look sharp. Make sure your scrubs are clean. Make sure your hair is neat. Cover up tattoos because this is still a pretty conservative profession. Don't blame me on that. Okay, don't come attacking me. Um, that's just that's just how this profession is, and that's how your employers are gonna. That's what your employers are gonna want. Mm-hmm. So look the part. If you look the part, that will bleed into you starting to act the part as well. I agree. Another thing that we really look for in students is how you interact with other people. How you interact with your patients, of course. How you interact with your instructors. Do you take feedback constructively or do you feel, do you get on the defensive when an instructor gives you criticism or feedback? And especially how you interact with your classmates. We really pay attention to those things. If you are being a team player, helping out your classmates, we notice those things. And when you graduate, you're going to need, you might need some letters of recommendation. So who are you going to ask to write those? Well, you're going to ask your professors. So we We look for those types of things, and that's why you need to start adopting these behaviors early in the program. So after the two or three years it takes for you to get through the program, by the end, we we will be able to see that you possess these qualities that employers look for. I can definitely see how all those factors would play a role, not just in the program, but when you graduate, like you said, with your employers. Um, I remember my very first day out of hygiene, um, graduated, finally got my first job. It was my very first day. I was sweating. I was like, is everybody going to know that I'm young, that I probably don't know half of what I'm doing? Um, And... It's so true. Confidence played a big, big role. And then being a team player because you have to win over your 
new team. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I do think that everything that you're saying not only just plays a role in the program itself, but also when you get out as well. Right. That's why I'm trying to stress that if you, your instructors are looking to see what you're going to be like as an employee, as a dental hygienist, because we're the ones who are going to write your letters of rec when you actually go to apply for jobs. And we know what dentists are looking for in a hygienist. So that's why I'm stressing really start playing the part now. So what other things did this article mention? Was it just those two things? The last thing it says, start building your resume now. If you've never had a job before, that is a problem. It doesn't matter what type of job you had in the past before hygiene school or during hygiene school. Any job that you've had, you are going to develop skills that can transfer over into your career as a hygienist. But if you've never had a job, then you better find a summer job <laughs> in between. In between. You have like, what, two months during summer? So. Something. Do <laughs> make something. It work. Please make it work. Yeah. You really want to start building your resume. I actually have an assignment where I have my students build a portfolio, including a resume. And the reason for that is because it's so competitive once you graduate and you're trying to find jobs. So you need to find a way to stick out from the rest of the crowd. And one way to do that is having a professional portfolio. And you can start working on your portfolio now as a student. You can start putting in whatever licenses you may have. Maybe you were a dental assistant. Put in your CPR license. If you have polishing or radiology licenses, those should go Laser. Oh, yes, laser. Perfect. Your laser certification should go in there. Also, maybe you worked on a challenging case in clinic and you have before and after photos. Those should go in your professional portfolio. If you developed any materials to hand out to your patients in clinic or maybe you did some community oral health projects and you worked on materials for that those should all go in your professional portfolio so don't start building that portfolio once you get out of school you should start now start collecting those things start building your resume start building your portfolio funny story i actually remember creating this portfolio in my class that I took during dental hygiene. And I remember thinking I used to actually work for Nordstrom prior to getting into dental hygiene. And I worked there for three years. And I recall going up to my professor and saying, look, I worked at Nordstrom, but how does that pertain to dental hygiene? And why would someone want to hire me if I wasn't a dental assistant before, but I worked at Nordstrom. I was very confused how that all kind of came together. And what I realized, funny enough, is that I actually took this portfolio to the job that I currently work at, which is Dr. Kapadia. And he said that the one thing that sold him as to why he chose me to be one of his um, 
dental hygienist versus the others that were applying was for the simple fact that I actually had Nordstrom on my resume. And I asked him now, when, now that we're comfortable and we're kind of friends and buddies, hey, why did Nordstrom stick out to you? And it was because Nordstrom taught me a very valuable thing in life that I don't think I could have gained in other um, career choices. And it was um, customer service. I can carry a very great conversation with the patient and not necessarily sell them, but get them to consider certain types of treatment because of Nordstrom. I used to be able to sell so many shoes. I was a very great (laughs) shoes salesperson, okay? And I know teeth and anything to do with oral hygiene really has nothing to do with shoes, but I feel like if I can sell a person a shoe, I can definitely get them to consider whitening, a night guard, Invisalign, ortho, and conversations come very easily to me with patients because I had to sell a freaking shoe. (laughs) And so I guess I know I'm kind of beating around the bush, but that's where Nordstrom helped me and creating my job portfolio helped me. It landed me my home job. You hit the nail on the head, to be honest. Uh, Any job that you've had, you can somehow relate it to dental hygiene. Customer service is a big one. So don't don't diminish those sales positions that you had or anything like that. You can figure out a way to make your past job experiences relate to your career as a hygienist. Nice. So do you have any more tips for students that are currently freaking out about the whole process or maybe they're in the program and they're feeling down or what other, I guess, words of wisdom do you have? I have so many words. Well, let's keep going. So many words of wisdom. (laughs) But before I start, it's totally off topic. I know that you have a side hustle, which is so (laughs) rad because so many of us get semi, I mean, I'm probably speaking for you, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. You probably aren't or are burnt out at some point of dental hygiene. So you chose to pick up something that you're passionate about as well. And I think you should take the reins. What do you do on the side besides really cute dancing videos? Ah, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I am a little burnt out on hygiene. Hygiene has been my world since... 2010. I do love it, but I did want a little bit something more in my life. Just a little bit of spice. Just a little bit. And so I did start a side business. I produce and sell Star Wars merchandise, Star Wars shirts. I know. I probably have a lot of Star Wars fans (laughs) on here. Loki, Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) We got, yeah, I have Baby Yoda merchandise. So where do they go to find this stuff? Like, what's your IG handle? My Instagram is at galaxy underscore general underscore store. Mm -hmm. So my business is called Galaxy General Store. And in my bio, you can find a link to my website. 
I really love this side business. There's a lot of passion that goes into making these products. My husband and I are obsessed with Star Wars. <laughs> so these products really come from the heart. And yeah, any support that you can give, whether you know friends or family that are into Star Wars. There is a lot of Star Wars fans. And if you guys yeah. can't remember her handle, that's okay. Just DM me and I will gladly give you the link or a link to her Instagram. And so you could hopefully support her. I love the cute shirts that you create and the videos and I find them entertaining and adorable. I promise the products are super cute. They are geared more towards the feminine cutesy fan base of Star Wars, although I have other products as well, but I promise you they're they're really cute. Uh, Baby Yoda merchandise, I have Princess Leia and Rey and Padme merchandise, so check it out. There you go. There you go, guys. All right, let's double wrap right back into dental hygiene. Well, I actually think it's the best to separate didactic courses from clinical courses because the tips that I have for you, well, it's going to make sense once I start talking about it. For your didactic courses, obviously, you need to study. You have to study all the time. And if life is really, if you have a lot going on in your life right now, you know what? That's okay. There's no shame in that. But maybe you need to come back to dental hygiene at another time because the reality is that you have to put in an insane amount of studying, constant, constant studying. And I'm sure you guys don't want to hear that, but that really is the truth of the matter because the amount of content that you have to learn in such a short time span, nobody's gonna know except for your classmates and people that have gone through it. It's one of the hardest things you will ever get through. So you have to definitely decide that this is, you have the time to put in now in your life to make this happen. And when it comes to studying, I think a lot of students don't really know how they personally learn. And what I mean by that is every person learns differently. Some people are visual learners, some people are auditory learners, some people are kinesthetic or hands-on learners. And you need to figure out what you are and your type of learning may not be the same as your study buddy. So with a visual learner, what you should do is you should use different color highlighters in your notes, make diagrams, make lists, things like that. Auditory learners, you should ask your professors if you can record the lectures and you should listen to those lectures when you're driving or whenever you have the time. Or you can read your notes out loud. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but if you learn by hearing, then you are going to need to read the notes out loud 
or read your notes to somebody else, or maybe even have music in the background. For some people, having they need to study in complete silence, but for an auditory learner, you might need some sounds in the background. For a kinesthetic hands-on learner, that means you need to be moving in order to learn and retain material. So kinesthetic learners, maybe you wanna take a walk while studying, so bring your notebook with you, but be careful, don't um, make sure you look <laughs> where you're going. Yeah, especially when you're crossing the street. Yes, please, I don't wanna get any lawsuits from this advice. Um, but I used to go on walks when I was in hygiene school and I'd bring my notes with, my, with me um, or move while you're studying. And this is gonna sound silly, but bouncing in your chair, doing something with your hands while you're studying, just some kind of movement. So I don't know if you know this about me, but um, my best friend in the program, Brittany, I felt like we learned at the same level. We had the same studying techniques. So we would FaceTime each other. I bought a whiteboard, a very small one, and I would teach her the information. And we would go back and forth on FaceTime because we lived far away from each other, about an hour away from each other. So it wasn't always Mm -hmm. easy to get to each other. And so I would write down the information, pretend or not pretend because I actually was, but I would confidently teach her the information Mm -hmm. and then we would communicate back and forth like, okay, no, this is how I interpreted the information. Mm -hmm. And we just go back and forth and it worked so well because not only was I writing down the information, Mm -hmm. erasing it, but I was also teaching it to my classmate and I was visually seeing it, hearing it, talking about it. So I was retaining the information that way when I did take the exams, I remembered those conversations that I had with her and how I wrote them down on the whiteboard. And I created like web diagrams and would break it down to like three simple words so that when I saw that the main specific word that you guys were asking us about, I knew to correlate it with those three other words. Most people are a combination. When it comes to their learning style, they're a combination. So that technique that you're describing is perfect. And I did similar things when I was in hygiene school. I met with a few girls in my program every week at a coffee shop, and we would explain the concepts to each other out loud. But I really like what you're describing because you mentioned having the whiteboard and writing things out and verbalizing the concepts to your classmate. So it sound honestly you were using a combination of like you said of all three learning mm-hmm. styles mm-hmm. so many students think that the right way to study is to just go in a quiet room all by yourself and read your notes and maybe that does work for you i'm pretty i'm pretty confident that's how I actually failed a lot of my exams mm-hmm. my first semester me too because i sat in a room by myself and read the book or the chapter, sorry, about two to three times. Me too. And I kept failing and failing and failing. It was specifically um, oral biology that I kept failing. I failed the first, I think, three or four exams. And I was like, dude, I have studied this material over and over again. How come I'm not retaining it or understanding it 
when I take the exam. It's like I almost went blank. And I realized it was my my way of studying. Mm-hmm. I actually, in my lectures, sometimes, well, I preface the first day of class and I say sometimes I'm going to make you guys do things that seem kind of silly but I will break up my lectures I'll have the students turn to each other and teach your partner so they are explaining the concepts and hearing it again verbally but yeah most people need to use some kind of combination of studying techniques And I'd say very few people can succeed by just sitting in a room by themselves, reading the book. It it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, it may work for you. But I really want you to ask yourself, those of you who are listening, who do study that way, where you're just sitting in a room by yourself. And I want you to ask yourself, is this working Don't just assume yes because it's what you've been doing your whole academic career. Ask yourself, is this working? Is this working now? What are your test scores like? Because if they're, if you're barely getting by, then you need to make a change and perhaps try some of these techniques that we're talking about right now on this podcast. Yes, and without a doubt, I can say that when I did start teaching the information that I was with Brittany and using the whiteboard and talking about it, it made studying for my boards so much easier because I actually retained the information versus just memorizing it for that quick second Mm -hmm. to take the exam and pass. Or like I said, retaining the information so that when it got down to taking the boards, I was very knowledgeable and remembered everything that I had talked about with her. Mm -hmm. Obviously, retention is the key, right? I mean, sometimes you are going to have to do straight memorization (laughs) to get through a test. Yeah, sometimes you have to. Um, I mean, I teach pharmacology, so I know it's a lot of memorization. But the more you can retain, the better you're going to be in your career. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention when it comes to your didactic courses, please participate in in the class. When your instructor asks a question to the class, please, please answer some of those questions. Please engage in group discussions and please look interested. (laughs) We are doing our best, but participation really will... It will help you with your grades, and also a lot of instructors do grade on participation. I can say that sometimes it is a little bit intimidating, especially if you're a quiet one Mm -hmm. and you have all these eyes on you. And not just that, I don't know what time frame you or what specific, how do I explain this? When you begin dental hygiene program, you are all best friends. Sometimes it takes a quick turn, and sometimes what you thought were your close Mm -hmm. friends in the beginning, they become somewhat of your enemies and not your biggest cheerleaders, I should say. I shouldn't say enemies because I don't think they're your enemies. I think they just aren't your biggest Mm -hmm. fan. And so I think at times 
we can get in our heads and just think, oh man, maybe I'm not answering it as well as I could, or maybe I'm going to say the wrong answer. Uh, What do you say to those that maybe fear answering? Mm -hmm. It's true that in your cohorts, there's going to be some butting of heads with your classmates. And unfortunately, I, as an instructor, I can't really help with that. But you do need to know that your instructors are actually your biggest fans. We want you to succeed more than your classmates. So when you think of it that way as... I love that. (laughs) I love that. Like that even that just made me think of everything in a different light. Yeah. You know, if you are nervous about answering a question out loud because you are potentially embarrassed that your peers might make fun of you, if that happens, I am sorry. But at the same time... You need to prioritize who is it more imp- it, who is it more important to impress? Your peers or your professor? It's your professor. <laughs> Don't worry about your peers and we do take note of those students who maybe are getting potentially ridiculed a little bit and we tend to have a lot of sympathy for those students and it actually pushes instructors to want to take those students under their wing yes and so you know who who do you need to impress and who is your biggest cheerleader it's gonna be and i I hope it's your instructors i think that this can also pertain to clinic as well Mm -hmm. you know because a lot of the times there may be a day where you fail a patient. It will happen to all of and you. And unfortunately, it is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't get that out of your head. No, many, no matter how many times you tell yourself, it's okay, everything's going to be okay, I'm going to do better on the next one. You get down. And because after class, everyone's like, did you pass? Mm-hmm. Did you pass? Um, how did it go? Did you um, get all that calculus? Uh, did you finally finish that code three that you needed? Um and so I think that your advice even helps in that area as well. So thank you. We just want you to be the best versions of yourselves as possible. We want you to be the best hygienist possible. And so any criticism you get from an instructor, including failing a patient, is not a punishment it Thank will you. help you I in the long get, run. You can say that one more time. It's not a punishment. Ugh, sometimes I felt like I was being punished. Never, <laughs> never. It actually will make you a better hygienist in the long run. And that actually, okay, I want to take a second to make a comment about that. This is, I really, I want all of you to listen right now. Okay, listen up. Um, it's not about you. Ultimately, it's not about you. It is about the patient. So your instructors are going to be hard on you. Yes, because we want you to be a good hygienist. But why do we want you to be a good hygienist? 
It's for the patients, for the patients you see in clinic and when you graduate and you have your own patients. Everything, everything is about the patients. And if you change your thinking of, gosh, why am I doing so poorly? Why am I always failing? Me, me, me. It needs to stop. You ha- I, this is some tough love right here, okay? You need to stop that thinking right now. It's not about you. It's about the patient. So if you fail a patient, I know it does hurt. And I, I cried when I was in hygiene school, okay? Did but- you ever fail a patient? Oh, oh, so many. <laughs> I failed so many patients. I barely got through hygiene school. And now look at me. Look at me. I'm living large. I'm a, yeah. I'm a professor now. And I, I-, I failed one patient. It was actually my very first code three, I want to say. I had never obvi- done, completed a scale and root plane. And it was my first time doing one quadrant. And I failed it. And I remember going to my car, I cried, I called my dad and I was like, dad, I'm not cut out for it. And he started laughing so mm-hmm. hard because I don't know if you know this, but my dad used to be a dental hygienist and he went to the same program I attended. So he told me, you're going to get back up mm-hmm. and you're going to do it again. And you're not supposed to know it the very first time. You've mm-hmm. never cleaned calculus in your life before. How did you expect to be a, an expert mm-hmm. right off the bat? And he was so right. I went back to the next quadrant and it was perfectly fine. And Jasmine, let me ask you. Mm -hmm. So your instructor failed you on that quadrant. And so what did you do? You had to retreat that quadrant, right? You had to redo that quadrant and you had to, you had to get all the calculus off. Now, who is that for? Is that for you or is that for the patient? It was absolutely for the patient. Exactly. And I recall at the time, the reason why I failed it was because, like I said, it was my very first scale and root plane of a quadrant. I'd never really touched calculus before in my life, as far as that heavy of calculus. Mm -hmm. And so I'll admit, I feared I was hurting the patient by digging in there and removing the tartar and seeing all this blood that I've never seen before. And I'm like, oh gosh, like I was also very intimidated by the whole process itself. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on it, I 100% know why I failed that patient. I never actually cleaned the calculus. Exactly. (laughs) So how did I expect to even get a passing grade on that, let alone allow the patient to walk away with that quadrant that was not completed? 100%. (laughs) And I failed my, I had a code three. I failed every single quad on Mm. him and I had to retreat every single quad. It took me eight appointments to finish that patient, but God bless that patient. I will never forget him. He was on time to every appointment. I actually, in my program, if you failed the quad, even after your retreat, you did not get credit. I failed, so I failed all four of his quads. And you got no credit I got zero credit for a patient that took me eight appointments. But I learned so much from that patient because he did have schizophrenia. He was on multiple medications, which caused a lot of jaw and muscle, uh, jaw and tongue movement. He would fall asleep during appointments. He had very tenacious calculus. He hadn't had a cleaning in over 15 years. I learned so much from that patient. 
especially I learned empathy. <laughs> but <laughs> And you obviously received credits for medically compromised too, it sounds like. No, I didn't. Oh. I did not because... Because I failed. Oh, I failed the quad. So my I actually are sweating just listening to this. I'm sweating. <laughs> um, I didn't receive any credit for him. I think the only thing I received credit for were my injections on him. Okay. Well, at least you got something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's it's really all good. It's fine because I really wanted to give this patient the best treatment that I could possibly give. And I totally deserved to fail all four of those quads. So, yeah, it's not about you. It's about the patient. If you can adapt, adopt that mindset, you're going to go so far. I think that you are probably helping more students on here than you realize. <laughs> and maybe not even students practicing hygienist as well. Because at the end of the day, like, we all try to be superheroes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're not going to be. But at the end of the day, it's all about the patient. And mm -hmm. as long as you gave them the best possible treatment that you know how, then you've done your job. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for all that information. That was really helpful. You're welcome. I do have one more tip, which actually this tip was given to me when I was in school, not in hygiene school, I was actually working on my bachelor's degree and a graduate student gave me this advice. And she said, go to office hours at least one time with every professor. I guarantee none of you understand 100% all of the content for every single course that you're taking, okay? You may be a really exceptional student, but I guarantee you there is something that you may be a little bit fuzzy about or maybe there's something you want to know more about. So go to office hours at least one time with every professor. The reason for that, it's actually... I'm, I'm giving you this secret tip, guys, okay? Oh, gosh. It's, it's secret. <laughs> it's secret. The reason is because that shows the professor that you are a serious student, and we take note of those things. So, you know, we're very busy ourselves, and sometimes office hours, you know, it's it, it, it can be, oh, you know, another thing we have to do, but... We actually really love when students take the initiative to want to learn something a little bit better, get clarification, or just they, they're really excited about a topic and they want to know more. So please go to office hours. You heard it from her. <laughs> go to the office hours. I, that is a great tip that I wish I would have known while I was in the program. I did go to a lot of my professors' offices but I definitely could have tried harder in that area so thanks for sharing that with us for real I mean even if there's a course you don't feel like you need to go to office hours Still do it. just do it <laughs> I throughout my whole academic career through hygiene school and my bachelor's and my master's you know there were some courses that I felt very comfortable and confident with but I found some reason to go to office hours because you really do want to stand out to your professors and that is one way to do it. I love it. Well guys 
I am so happy to have you on my podcast today. It was so wonderful. I would love to do a part two with you because I think you have so much more information to offer to students that are either thinking about going into dental hygiene, are in the program, or maybe they just graduated. Um, I want to thank you for your time on here. It was so lovely having you. My pleasure. Yes, yes. I just loved having you. And if you guys didn't hear in the middle part of our segment today uh she told us that she has a store that where she sells star wars inspired clothing and you can message me on instagram if you'd like and i'd be glad to send you that link i know you said it again but do you want to say it one more time sure so my instagram is at galaxy underscore general underscore store la la (laughs) all right guys well thanks for tuning in today we were pumped to have you guys i hope it helped you gain some confidence in your skills or overall um choice in dental hygiene that will be all for today if you aren't following me on my instagram just floss it you are missing out i give tons and tons more information to help you out on a daily basis and i share parts of my life as a dental hygienist and outside of dental hygiene Feel free to also follow me on my YouTube, Just Fawcett, or even TikTok. Or if you just want to check in and say hi, I'm also here for that as well. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Have a phenomenal rest of your week and look forward to having your ears back on here soon. That's it for today. Bye. Adios. Enlightening, honest, and funny. You've been listening to Just Flossit with Jasmine Capra. Keep up with Jasmine at justflossit.com and follow her on Instagram and TikTok at justflossit. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, y'all. TMZ, but back in the day they ain't noticed me. They weren't coming to see me like Otis, but I always thought like the coldest. Uh, I had a little trip on my shoulder, uh, then I got older and older, uh, and I had to flick it off. I feel like a boss, like I'm Ricky Ross, but I got no Maybacks. They do anything for the clout, it's facts when they say that. Uh, if I take your girl, don't be in my DM asking for your bay back. We save a lot of things like money, but hoes gonna say that. And homie, they straight facts. Yeah, I know you, but we ain't friends. Quit asking me questions. Yeah, we in this section, but you can't get in. Quit asking me questions. Yeah, I got the new Chrysler, blue with the tent. Quit asking me questions. I'm tired of these questions. Asking me questions, I want them more questions. Yeah, I know you, but we ain't friends. Quit asking me questions. Yeah, we in this section, but you can't get in. Quit asking me questions. Yeah, I got the new Chrysler, blue with the tent. Quit asking me questions. I'm tired of these questions. Asking me questions, I want them more questions. Uh. The grass greener on the other side I took a peek and that grass red from all these homicides I mean you gotta look alive cause in the field get live Or you gon' have your mama grind asking God why Why is my son in that casket? Why he get caught lacking? Why was he acting tough knowing damn well he bad at acting? His girl say he be tripping but the opps say he went packing Some niggas just went built for the other side Yeah I know you but we ain't friends Quit asking me questions yeah, we in this section, but you can't get in. Quit asking me questions. Yeah, I got the new Chrysler, blue with the tent. Quit asking me questions. 
I'm tired of these questions, asking me questions, don't wonder my questions Yeah, I know you, but we ain't friends, quit asking me questions Yeah, we in this section, but you can't get in, quit asking me questions Yeah, I got the new crack for the blue with the tent, quit asking me questions I'm tired of these questions, asking me questions, don't wonder my questions Question, 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 question.